second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. everybody to the Wicked Planet podcast. We're doing an emergency, a bonus uh, episode with uh, Ryan from the Dangerous World. And I want to welcome James Raguski to the show with the man from StopTheWHO.com. Jim, I want to thank you for getting up so early in California time and joining us on the show. How are you doing? Oh, you know, this is late. I've been up for hours. Um, I've actually been on calls with people in Malaysia and Singapore and South Africa and Europe and Ecuador. Um, you know, two, three, four in the morning. Um, I'm going to start off the show with, you know, the weirdest thing anybody's ever seen. Here's my phone number, everybody. 310-619-3055. I'm that serious about this. Please go to the website and inform yourself first so you know what's going on. But just give me a call. 310-619-3055. I'm guessing that's how we got, you know, connected. That's exactly how we uh, that's exactly how we got connected. And I wasn't even expecting to get you on the phone. So I was uh, I was kind of you know a little shocked when, when you said, hey, this is Jim. How may I help you? And I'm like, <laughs> OK, awesome. I guess we're going. But uh, well, there's anyways, a, yeah. So there's a thing behind that. You know, I, I when I was listening to you on, I think it was Bannon's show. I mixed up the one and zeros and I got three <laughs> zero. And so that took me to Fort Detrick. And so I was like, oh, get the, the hell out of here. Get the hell out of it. So I was like, what is going on here? You know, and so that was a wild little coincidence. But then I was apparently I gotta gotta try that. I gotta try that. I was I I thought you were gonna say you were bothering somebody and they were pissed off at you, but that's oh I can't believe that. That's amazing. Well, no, you know, uh because MK Ultra is a subject that we like to talk about on occasion, and then and then Ryan said, Man, I don't know. I don't this might be a psyop because this guy's phone number goes to Fort Dietrich. I said, Well, I'm gonna try this number. So just just a little comical addition to our last episode. Uh, but Jim, go ahead. Let us uh, tell the people, tell the listeners a little bit about about yourself and what you've got going on. And and this is a very important thing that's coming up that nobody knows about. I think we're, you know, uh, in our uh, level of podcast, I think we're probably the first people to jump on this. So we're pretty excited about that. You know, it's it's not about me. You know, we'll have an episode one time. I'll tell you my life story. I think it's entertaining. But uh, long story short, um, I, I've had a lot of websites, and uh, back in February. Um, it all got censored off the internet. I mean, I've worked for more than a decade and early February, I must've been over the target. I, I know what I, I know what the last thing was that I published 
And then shortly after that, boom, everything went away. Right. And I, I took it in stride. It was like, okay, uh, I guess I'm going to shift gears and work on something different. Uh, went down a rabbit hole for a month researching something called the proposed pandemic treaty on prevention, preparedness, and response. Okay. Enormous article on my Substack. If anybody wants to find all my work, it's James Roguski or Roguski, however people pronounce it, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-G-U-S-K-I.substack.com. Interesting reading. I think you'll learn a lot. I went down the rabbit hole on this pandemic treaty. And on March 24th, I published an absolute monster of an article. If you read everything and all the links and all the documents, it's a million words. It'll take you to the end of the year. You'll never hit bottom. Okay. They're putting out all of this propaganda about this pandemic treaty. And I was down the rabbit hole for a month. I published it on February 24th. I'm sorry, March 24th. And I was just, you know, I was like addicted to research. And like, you know, I kept digging even after I published it. And a couple of days later, I find this document. I'm like, wait a minute. This is totally different. What am, what am I looking at here? Right. And I'm here to tell you, don't read my article that I spent a month on, on the pandemic treaty, because I got suckered down the rabbit hole. That was a decoy. I got decoyed for a month. Don't let that happen to you. And that, okay? and that is something that happens, Jim. They, they send out some information to keep us, keep us all busy when actually one hand's doing this while well, you should be watching the other hand. So exactly. I used to, I used to, I used to manage a, a, a mom and pop nutrition store. Okay. Herbs and, and all that stuff. And we never had any trouble, but we knew that if somebody was to cause a commotion in the back of the store, yeah, you deal with, you know, somebody knocks something over, they're getting into an argument or something, but you got to watch the front door because something's going to walk right out the front door. Okay. The distraction, the decoy. Okay. And, and so, um, the issue is that I found a document that was amendments to the international health regulations. And most of your audience should say, well, what in the hell is that? Okay. Well, that's something that's been around since almost the beginning of time. You, we can trace it back to the Civil War. The international health regulations started out talking about crap. And I'm not kidding. It used to be people would dump their sewage in the gutter, in the street, right? You know, think old time London, Paris, you know, Europe. Is there any, any um, thought to the fact that if you're pouring all your crap into the street, you think that might cause disease, right? So it wasn't until the late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, we got indoor plumbing, we got underground sewage, and, and these were originally sanitary regulations to clean up the crap, literally, okay? That all got rolled into the WHO in, in 1948. And so they've been responsible for cleaning up this sewage and, and mess around the world. There's still countries that don't have, you know, running water and, and, and underground sewage and all that sort of stuff. And, and so there's still outbreaks of disease. Vaccines didn't cure disease. Cleanliness cured all of these diseases. If you look at, you know, all of the rights, they started vaccinating after everything got cleaned up and all the diseases were already gone and they're giving the vaccines credit for what cleanliness, you know, did. So fast forward, they changed the name from sanitary regulations to international health regulations in 1969. 
They made some more amendments. They made some amendments in 2005. They're actually not that bad. The international health regulations are not that bad. There's some stuff that I disagree with about vaccines and all that crap, but they actually protect your rights. They protect your bodily um, integrity. They, they protect uh, travel and trade and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I actually think, and I'm, you know, I'm the weird one, that the international health regulation document is actually kind of an interesting read because those are the rules that have the WHO in shackles. They don't like the existing regulations because they can't do the things that they would like to do to us, right? So it starts with understanding that if anybody says the word treaty, right, they're confused. They've been, they're, they're in the PSYOP. They're in, not necessarily, you know, in a bad way. They've just fallen for it, okay? And they're regurgitating it. And that's how they get it to go. People who don't pay attention fall for and, and I was down there for a month. So I, I feel for you. If anybody says treaty, go, no, 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 uh, uh, uh. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about amendments to the international health regulations. So that brings us to, well, what in the hell are these amendments? It's, it's a, four, a 13 page document. The first four pages are just cover letters and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a government official from the United States on January 18th submitted these amendments, which obviously had been negotiated for months, right? Submitted it on January 18th to the WHO. And then it just went silent. There's there was one article, the one article that I found, so you know, kudos to them. No word at all. They never published it on the government website. Couldn't find it. I didn't find it. They, they submitted it on January 18th. I didn't find it until March 28th. And when I looked at it, it literally looked like a needle in a haystack of words because on Article 12, Section 2, Line 6, they're crossing out some of the existing regulations. And what they would like to cross out is a limitation on the power of the WHO. It's a double negative. It makes your head go you know, crazy. If you're removing a limitation, it means that you're transferring authority, okay? So the current situation is that each of the 194 member nations is sovereign. And, and they say, look, you know, we got a problem. We're dealing with it. We don't have an emergency of international concern. We, we have an issue that's localized. They can tell the WHO to just go take a hike and the WHO has to put their tail between their legs and they're not even allowed to speak of it. Okay. Well, they don't like that because then they can't cause the trouble that they like to cause. If you remove that restriction, if these amendments were to be approved and that restriction would be taken away, it would convert the director general of the WHO to the dictator general. Exactly. Because all of the individual nations would now no longer have the ability to control whether or not, you know, the world thinks that their country is in a state of emergency. That all would go to this one guy, right? Tedros Ghebreyesus. The issue beyond that is they also wanna be able to determine or, or, or call for a regional emergency, right? So I don't ever use the word pandemic because it's not a legally defined term. It's, it's part of the propaganda. If anybody says pandemic, propagandist. Okay, it's not, a, it's not a legal word. 
the word in the regulations or the phrase, they refer to it as a public health emergency of international concern, P-H-E-I-C, I shit you not, it's a fake, P-H-E-I-C, public health emergency of international concern. They wanna be able to declare a regional issue, public health emergency of regional concern, P-H-E-R-C. They wanna be able to FERC the world one region at a time. I mean, you just can't make this crap up. They also wanna be able to have an intermediate health alert. So it's like, you know, emergency, emergency, you know, ah, you know, be scared, be fearful, you know, oh, we're here to save you, okay? And so the whole concept of what's going on goes all the way back to Roman times. In, in, when there was an emergency back in Roman times, they would have a, a well-respected, you know, statesman, you know, pillar of the community, somebody who's a take charge, you know, make it happen captain kind of guy and, and give them powers to bark orders and, and, you know, tell people what to do. And if you've ever been in an emergency situation, you know, somebody's got to take charge. Somebody's got to do stuff. Sure. He would dictate what was to be done and people, you know, he would say what to do and people would do it. Well, that's the definition of a dictator is one who dictates orders. And you can't have a dictator unless you have an emergency. So if you have full-time, you know, ongoing emergency, you have full-time dictatorship. And so just think about it, right? Even if the person, well, Gabracious is about to be coronated for his second term as all good dictators unopposed at this, at this uh, assembly from May 22nd to 28th. If, if the person who was put in that position of power was a combination of Jesus and Buddha and Krishna and, and the saint of your choice, I still wouldn't want to give him all that power. It's corrupting. It's like, you know, the most amazing person in the world is going to get drunk on power. Oh, I just get to tell the world what to do. Holy crap. You know, we're about to see the great reset. I honestly think that this document is the foundational document of the great reset because it's taking the control and sovereignty over the declaration of a state of emergency from 194 nations and it's given it to this one guy, right? Now, you just, you know, anybody that I've talked to who, who gets that understanding of, you know, this is what's really going on here. 194 nations control given to one guy, right? You guys probably know a little bit about that one guy. Yeah, yeah, we know a little bit about Tedros and uh, Ryan and I. Uh, when we first got together, I don't know, almost two years ago, we actually talked about Tedros and and uh, and how he uh, he even how he came to he came to run the WHO in the first place was he was basically installed by the Chinese Communist Party. So he's you know again another one of their puppets, and they've got all this money at their disposal. And and uh, there's no doubt I agree with you that this is the foundation of the Great Reset. I feel that. The last two years was kind of a was kind of a trial run. Let's let's see let's see how this whole system goes, and let's let's take the data from that and learn from it, and then and then change it and make it so that the next time that we you know put out a virus or anything like that, we're going to have better control. And the only way they can do that is if all these 194 countries give up a little part of their sovereignty to the WHO. And to basically Tedros, because Tedros is going to be the world dictator. Yep. And, and that's definitely where this is, is going to go. But what, what amazes me is, 
they have kept this completely quiet. Nobody has heard about this. I just found out about it about a week ago, and that's when I started digging into it, and that's where I discovered you. Uh, and it's like, if, if, if this isn't such a secret or such a bad thing, why are they keeping it, why are they keeping it so quiet? To, to the point where around the entire world, no one um, knows who is in the delegation for their country that's going to the event from May 22nd to 28th. Here's where it really gets entertaining, okay? Um, one of the sites that I have that will direct you straight to the information is don'tyoudare.info, okay? That's where all the evidence is because the beauty of this is, you know, I'm, I'm not a hacker. I'm not um, Snowden. I didn't have like a contract and, you know, get access to anything. Um, I'm not an Assange where people are sending all kinds of information that they dig up. I just read publicly available documents, okay? And so this thing didn't pop up publicly until April 12th and they published it on the WHO website, but it's not like they alerted the presses and told everybody to go read it. You know, I, I found it because I was looking for it every day and when it popped up, I'm like, all right, this is for real. It's on their website. They don't want anybody to see it, but I saw it. And so what I think they were hoping to do is very analogous to what uh, Nancy Pelosi famously said with the Obamacare uh, Affordable Care Act, I believe it was, you know, here's this, you know, stack of papers, a thousand page bill, whatever. Yeah, you can read it after you vote for it, right? They were thinking that they were going to do that at the end of May. There's this, and, and this is where it's just, it's, it's hard for people to understand, you know, the, the reason um, why this is so interesting is that the way the WHO is structured, right? We're in the WHO voluntarily. We can leave anytime we want. Exhibit A on, on the evidence that I present on don'tyoudare.info is actually the joint resolution that was signed by Harry Truman and approved by you know, both houses of Congress. The language is so crystal clear. Yeah, we're joining the WHO. You know, we wanna clean all this shit up, right? You know, we wanna clean up the world, of course, but you can't tell us what we're gonna do, right? It literally says anything that the WHO does we only will do that voluntarily if it's something that we want to do, change our laws and all that kind of stuff. Years go by, the media gets a hold of it. And I honestly think it's gracious because, you know, the WHO was maybe doing some good stuff all this time, right? You know, cleaning up sanitation problems and all that kind of thing. The character changed, you know, in the last decade or so. And, and you know, blame that on, on whoever you want to blame that on. But the issue is that, Article 61 in the International Health Regulation says that even if they pass these amendments, each nation, literally, their foreign minister or their president or their prime minister or whoever's got the authority, just writes a letter to the WHO and says, go shove it. We don't want to deal with these amendments. They're not for us. It's nice that you approve them and you know everybody vote on it. We'll take a pass, right? Now, the United States Biden administration submitted the amendments. Right. You think they're, you think they're going to say, now nah, we changed our mind, right? Right, well, right, Jim. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to ask you now that you mentioned that, that, that this whole thing has kind of been put into play by the Biden administration where they have come together and they've drafted all these amendments that they want the WHO and the rest of the uh, countries of the world. And I think the 194 countries, that like covers all of them, correct? 
And, well, uh, there's, I mean, there's small countries and Taiwan is off on the side and, you know, a handful of things, but for the most part, you know, 99% of humanity. Yeah. Right. So, so he drafts these, or, you know, his staff drafts these amendments to send to the WHO. And, uh, and he's basically offering up American sovereignty and he's offering up every other country's sovereignty, sovereignty at the same time. So I mean, it's, it's and, a little bit of an overreach of power, in my opinion. I don't think we should give the WHO the right to do any of that. I think we should just leave it kind of the way it is, where we have the, uh, like you say, it's voluntarily uh, voluntary. If we if we want to go along with what the WHO says, fine. If not, well, we should be able to fight against that. So here, here's why I actually refer to Tedros as the dictator general of the World Hypnosis Organization, WHO. If you That's make a, a if if you make but oh it, no it gets there's I have got articles on this it, it's not just me talking it's some serious stuff um, if if I make a recommendation okay and, and you hear my recommendation and you go yeah Jim you know that's nice I'll think about it that's what a recommendation is um, look at the FDA they have a scientific advisory board it makes recommendations right it's not an obligation. And the FDA, more often than not, says, ah, screw you, we're going to do whatever we want anyways, okay? There's a difference between having a, a panel or a board or a recommendation that can be sought out and ignored versus, oh, when this commission says this, then so-and-so must do that. Recommendation is not an obligation, okay? But another word for recommendation is a suggestion. Well, what do hypnotists they give you a suggestion. Hypnotists don't force you to do anything. They convince you that it's in your best interest, you know, that you accept their hypnotic suggestion. Oh, the media says the WHO recommends, the WHO recommends, the WHO recommends. And over time, the vast majority of people go, oh, the WHO, we must obey. We must do what they say. It's an, well, show me the freaking law. There's no freaking law that says anybody has to do what they say. It's just in your head. They got these little worms going into your brain, getting in, getting control of you. And, and, and you're going, oh, my goodness, I have to obey. I have to wear a mask. I have to get a vaccine. The laws don't mandate it because you can't mandate and override inalienable rights that you get at birth just by virtue of being on the planet. You know, this is what it means to be human. Okay. And so I have a lot of forgiveness for friends and family and, and whomever I run into who make decisions that I think are really not in their best interest. You wouldn't be angry at a person if you went to a hypnosis, you know, entertainment show and, and they made them bark like a dog and cluck like a chicken. You know, it's funny, but you, it, you know, if they were made to come up and slap you, right. You wouldn't be mad or you shouldn't be mad at the person who's hypnotized. You should be mad at the hypnotist. Because, right, Jim. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, and, and so what we're dealing with in the political future now, possibly because we've had thousands of people pounding on the HHS and, and, and the WHO, maybe they realize that we see what they're doing and maybe they decide to not even vote on it. Okay, that'd be a testament to the power of people, all right? But they want this power because they're going to put Gabracious, you know, coronate him into his second um, term unopposed, as all good dictators are elected unopposed. 
they want to give him, you know, this pile of control and power. And so they're likely to approve it. Um, I feel bad. Honestly, I feel bad for all of the delegates from around the world because I think they're walking into a trap. They haven't read these things. They haven't spent days like I have and other people going, what, you know, what is What are in these uh, amendments? What the hell is it? There's some crafty language, right? They're all going to probably vote for it because, you know, they're going, they're partying in Geneva. Oh, it comes up for vote. Yeah, you read it later. Don't worry about it. It'll, it'll likely pass. And then all of those people are going to go home and their countrymen are going to go, you traitor, you voted for this. And you're, you voted to give away our sovereignty. And so then the argument is going to be with each country and each country's foreign minister or whomever's authorized to sign something, you damn well better get us the hell out of this. Okay. And so that six month period goes past our midterms. Okay. So I'm going to have fun over the next six months. Oh, you're running for office. You know, I, I got a couple of questions here. Uh, are you pro treason or are you anti treason? Um, just let me know just let me know what what are are you are you uh, okay with these amendments that give away our sovereignty to you know tedros gabracious or are you against that have you been speaking oh you didn't know about it oh that's cool you didn't know about it well here's all your information okay now you're informed if it's an incumbent and this is why we're pounding on congress right now i've had like fifty thousand people come through and and you know send emails to congress the last time i checked yesterday um They've all sworn an oath of office to, you know, uphold and, and defend the Constitution against enemies, both domestic and foreign. OK, so, Congressman, uh, just here to help you. I'd like to give you all this information. One or two answers. Oh, thanks. I, I didn't know. I had no idea. Thank you for you know, telling me. Or if they are dumb enough to say, oh, yeah, we know all about it. Oh, you do. You realize that there's a law on the books called misprision of treason, where if you know about a treasonous plot, especially if you've sworn an oath to defend the Constitution and you're not saying something about it and you're not alerting you know, the president and the authorities that you know, this is treason, that's a crime. Silence about knowledge of treason is a crime. Right. Okay. Just to play uh, devil's advocate here and just to really nail it down, I think I have the answer in my head. But, you know, why someone that that sees the idea of having a single authority source for world health, how would you just completely shut that down? I see it as a, as a more of a money grab. Right. But I think that there unfortunately there is a decent amount of people. Um, they lean towards one side of the political spectrum. They, they seem to feel just 100% fine with a single world uh, health source. Well, I'll, I'll dive right into that because there's enormous confusion because words have been changed. Okay? And your audience may disagree with me on this, and I'd love to have the discussion because I'll kick anybody's butt on this topic because I know what I'm talking about. People talk about communism. They talk about socialism. They talk about progressivism. They talk about Marxism, um, you know, Antifa, you know, all, all these different things. They talk about capitalism. All of these different concepts have had their definitions twisted and people haven't gotten the memo that the language has changed. If you've read 1984 or watched a movie, you know, uh, the, the Ministry of Truth and, and Newspeak, 
you know, war is peace and love is hate and all kinds of, you got to realize that when you read the law, you got to read the definitions, right? Absolutely. It's actually really entertaining. On January 19th, 2017, I'll say it again and you guys can stew on the date. January 19th, 2017, the Obama administration on their last day in office published an 84 page document in the federal register and they changed the meaning of a lot of words. One of the words that they changed was an ill person. Okay. One of the definitions of an ill person is somebody who's got, they're warm to the touch. They have a headache and a stiff neck. So if you're on an airplane going from one destination to another and you disembark and you go, man, I'm hot and I got a headache and I got a stiff neck, you can be quarantined. So shut your mouth. All right. Yeah. The yep. problem with, yep. with single authorities is that, and I totally agree. I just, like I said, I want to play devil's advocate there. These people will use these laws and these rules, as you said, because they're not even really laws yet. They'll use them for their own gain. And I think oh, that absolutely. you've seen that already. Everything, every program out there is brought to you by Pfizer these days. Right. And that's just one of, of several of these companies. So I totally agree, just to be clear, but I did want to just like throw that question out there. For oh, well, no, I'm, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, there are people who are, you know, quite frankly, they're hypnotized. But but here's the point I was getting at. And, and you know, this this could easily be a rousing debate. Love to have it. They changed a whole bunch of words the day before Trump comes into office and you scratch your head and you go, well, wait a minute. How come all of a sudden it's acceptable, according to the regulations, to force somebody to stick something up their nose. That's one of the words they changed, the meaning of non-invasive, okay? They also changed the meaning of the word public health emergency, tying it directly to Gabracious, just making a recommendation, okay? So all of a sudden, they've actually already transferred a bit of, of that control. But here's the point. What government has figured out is that under the constitution, they hit a brick wall Every now and then the Supreme Court says, well, no, you can't do that, okay? And what they've learned to do is work hand in hand with the corporate world, right? Beating on small mom and pop businesses, giving more and more power to corporations because they realize that the government under a constitutional republic can't do certain things. So they get their buddies in industry to censor and, and you know, abuse the, the population what that is properly called is fascism. The definition of, you know, Mussolini's definition of fascism is the combination of power of government and corporate power beaten on the people. And if you just wake, you know, if you just wake up just for a moment and you look at China and you look at everywhere else in the world, they're not communists. They don't have any communes, right? The government hasn't seized the means of production right? They're fascists. The, 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 you know, as, as, um, as some people call it, you know, um, uh, big global or whatever the term is that people used for all of these oligarchs that, that took money from the United States and started investing in China. The government of China doesn't own all of the means of production. They've realized that if they work hand in hand with the corporate world, they can beat on the people mercilessly because wherever they bump up against the law, they get their goons in, in the corporate world to do it. So what everybody needs to wake up to is this is a worldwide fascist, not Nazi, fascist takeover, okay? But they've changed the word and what they use to make it all nice, nice, nice is, oh, that's a public-private partnership. 
Let's work yeah. with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Let's work with Gavi. Let's, you know, let's get our corporate partners to go, you know, inject the entire world. People have been tricked and diverted with decoys about communism and fascism and progressivism, all, you know, Marxism, and, and for that matter, you know, capitalism and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are what they are, but that's not what's going on. This is a fascist worldwide global takeover where the people in power work hand in hand with big corporations to beat on you, I, and, and everybody else, the people. If, if we don't see that for what it is, we can't fight it. If you're fighting something that you're thinking of from 1940 or 1950, you know, the McCarthy era, you're missing the point. This is a attempt at a global takeover and it's fascism as Mussolini described it. And so what I see in these amendments is the founding document of the Great Reset, but because they were trying to hide it, they forgot to propagandize it mm-hmm. or, they, or they decided not. So you haven't been seeing all kinds of ads on TV over, oh, we must defeat these you know, horrible um, international health regulations. They're so bad. We got to amend them. We got to, you didn't get that propaganda. So when people such as yourself and your audience when they get clear, this is not a treaty. If anybody says the word treaty, that's the propaganda to distract you from these amendments. When have you guys ever record, reported on a, on a crime that's going to happen next week? Right, yeah. Jim, and, I, and that's a good place for us to take a break right now. We've got to re-up the meeting. If you guys want to give me like five minutes, I'm going to send you a second invite, and then we're going to get back on it, and I want to take off right where you... Uh, right where you just left it there on the fascism and, and the reporting of the crime before it happens. So let's, let's, uh, let's end this and I'll send you an invite and we'll be right back. Thank you. Yeah, Jim. So like, like you uh, had mentioned uh, talking about uh, how, how uh, these, these societies or these uh, organizations, I should call them like to report on things that have happened before they happen. I'd like you to get into that a little bit. Well, you know, it's, I, I found this information on March 28th. And, you know, when I first read it, I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I just find? And the biggest thing was I realized that this was different than what everybody else was reporting on. There's millions of words going out there about the pandemic treaty or a treaty, or they talk about the constitution of the WHO. And I published uh, my analysis of all of this on March 31st. And here it is, what's today, the 15th. So mm-hmm. a month, you know, month and a half of, hey, everybody, pay attention to this. This is coming, you know, at the end of May, right? And finally got some, you know, some traction. It's, it's exploding right now. This next week is gonna be glorious because it, 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 the spark lit and the explosion has begun. and this week is going to be the, you know, the proverbial mushroom cloud of what in the hell are they trying to do? Okay. And so um, I'm, I'm happy that we're talking about this before it happens. It's a lot easier to stop something. I'll give you an analogy. I, I hope it resonates with you. It really does with me. If, you, if you've ever had a pet dog, okay, or you've seen somebody had a pet dog, and you left some food on the table, there's a pizza box with a couple of pieces of pizza or something in it. And <laughs> You're, you're off in the other room a little bit, but you can see the dog looking at the pizza, right? 
and you're like, all right, he's, he's going to try to get it. But then he sees that you see that he's thinking about doing something bad, right? Boom. He's busted. He's going to do one of two things. He's going to try to snatch that piece of pizza and run. All right. And he'll still be guilty and, you know, you'll catch him and he'll have it in his mouth and he'll let it go. Okay. Um, or he's going to go, oh, shit. All right. I guess I'm busted. I can't. That's where we are with the WHO right now. Right. There's an article that I have, um, you know, break the spell uh, on my blog. And the first picture is a big old eyeball going, you know, we, Hey, WHO, we see what you're doing. All right. You can't do this in secret anymore. Your occult hidden attempt to hide the um, amendments and to hide the names of the delegates who are going nice try, but you know, we see that you're trying to snatch our, our, our rights and our freedoms and our sovereignty and we're not having it. So they're likely to just do like a dog would do. It's either snatch it and run and, and try to get away with it. But we saw you do it. We're, we're watching you do it. Or they're just going to go, oh, no, we weren't thinking of stealing that. We weren't going to do that. I don't know what you're talking about. And so, you know, either way, I think we win. Um, but that's not to say it's going to be easy. But this next week is going to be very, very, very entertaining. So, so Jim, let's take your analogy. Okay, so even if the dog snatches that piece of pizza, like when it looks at you and it knows that it's being bad, and he knows that it's wrong, and he snatches that piece of pizza, he gets it in his mouth, and then he just looks at you, and then he drops it, we're not going to eat that pizza now. So that, so let's add that analogy to this whole thing. I mean, what if the WHO knows <clears throat> that that the masses are waking up to this whole deal and that we're not, you know, we're not, we don't want to go along with it. And we really wish that the Biden administration would do something other than everything opposite or inverse of what they should be doing and decides that maybe this isn't a good thing. Maybe, you know, our, our you know, the American people don't want this to happen. Uh and it's still going to happen. Well, what is our recourse after that? Now, I understand that there's a there's a grace period where the countries can opt out of this. But I feel that the International Monetary Fund might put a little pressure on them uh, to uh, to go to go along with this, because there's a lot of other you know, you've got 194 countries. Not all of them are as strong as the United States or Britain or Australia or Canada or anything like that. So how is this going to play out for the little countries? that basically know that they don't want to get involved in this, but they know they have no recourse and no way to get out of it because the International Monetary Fund, like the loan shark, the loan shark is of the, of the globe. I gotta say, look, you're either gonna join this or we're gonna call your loan. And when they don't have the money to pay the loan back, well, then it'll take over the infrastructure of their country. I mean, so this is some of the things that, uh, that we're gonna be looking at going forward. So, you know, where do we, where do we go from there? Um. Some of my friends refer to me as an analytical beast because that's, that is something I'm good at is analyzing all this craziness. Um, but I also have a, a nickname of being Mr. Analogy. And, and, you know, so the dog idea and all that sort of stuff um, where they are now. Okay. Is in a situation where people just need to wake up. This attempted great reset can be flipped and this idea can become the great awakening, okay? We've got them dead to rights. We have the evidence. We know what they're trying to do. Anyone who, you know, just looks at the information, you don't need to be a PhD to read one sentence. It says, we're gonna transfer this authority from each nation to this one guy, right? 
anybody who looks at that and they go, why would I give all that power to the, you know, to one guy, let alone this guy. Okay. And so what this is, have you ever seen the thing where um, people try to squeeze a, a, a break an egg in the palm of their hand and, and with the leverage, you just can't break it, but you know, you get a knife or a fork or a spoon and you tap it and boom, it shatters. This is the issue that can unite, not just everybody in America, but everybody around the world against this insanity. This is the little tiny thing that you can poke through the shell of everyone's you know, hypnosis. We don't have to talk about masks and vaccines and ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and you know, lockdowns and any of that sort of stuff. We could agree to disagree on any and all of that stuff, all right? Are you pro-treason or are you anti-treason, right? Now, maybe it's going to be 50-50, all right? Maybe, but I don't think so. I think what I've witnessed with Americans is they look at this and they go, this is just, you know, this is too much. This is too obvious. It's going to break through that cloud of hypnosis. And once you crack that egg, oh, it's easy to just mash it up and, and, and throw it away. I see this as an attempt by the you know, powers that want to take over the situation as an attempt at a great reset, switching sovereignty from individual nations to this one guy. Um, but we're going to turn it into the Great Awakening because people are going to look at this issue, which hasn't been propagandized. They, you know, they haven't had this big media thing about the international health regulations. Most people go, what in the hell is that, right? Well, it's regulations that govern... And, and keep the WHO in shackles. Do you want to unleash that beast or you want to keep them locked up or even better? Um, the analogy that I was headed towards was I've done a lot of different things in my life to get me where I am. But part of that was being a, a carpenter. I renovated old homes in New England. Uh, the Wicked Podcast. I'm from Rhode Island. I know a wicked good, right? Yeah, so, you go. Right? You know, it's not an evil podcast. It's a wicked good podcast. And, and so... Um, there's old homes that are beautiful and you want to save them and you want to rebuild them and fix them. But then there's some decrepit old things that are just vermin infested and, and you just bring in the bulldozer and knock them over and start over. That's the WHO at this point, right? It just needs to have a teardown, start over, right? It can't be fixed. And so Trump pretended to try to get us out of the WHO, but there's a year long process. We're free to leave at any time. What this is like, is an abusive relationship where the one, you know, one member of the relationship and the other member of the relationship, it's not equal partnership, it's abusive. And whether it's money or emotional manipulation or, or just whatever, you know, you look at people and you go, why the hell did you stay with that person for so long? You know, anybody on the outside could look at it and go, you know, get yourself out of there. This person is taking advantage of you. Well, that's what has happened, you know, since Tedros has been in power with the WHO. They're just abusing that power and now they want more power. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we we're free to leave at any time. We could divorce ourselves from this situation. All right. We have every right in the world to just say about these amendments, you know, oh hell no. Once people see that this organization is making this attempted grab at power, I think people will wake up and go, these people are pretty bad. They're pretty freaking evil, right? And I think this is the great awakening. I'm, I'm very, very, very optimistic. You know, Jim, uh, we, uh, we've talked about this on multiple shows, Orion also, where 
we've been discussing that we've been going through a great awakening and everything like that, but not to sound like black pilled about the deal. So many people are just so blind to it and you can present all the information to them and you can say, listen, this is what's happening. And they still won't believe you. You don't, you don't need, you don't, I'm going to butt in because I, I, I have experience in, in, in what I'm doing here. You absolutely do not need to convince anybody. You share the information and, and I'll have some fun with you with, with this podcast. You share the information. Okay. And it's like the matrix. It's the red pill and the blue pill. You're, you're not supposed to try to coerce. You can't make the horse drink from the water. I just read something from Socrates. You know, I can't make people learn anything, but I can make them think, right? I can ask them some questions. And so what we've got coming this week are a whole bunch of questions to get people thinking about something that they haven't been propagandized about. And that's the beauty of this thing. Most people come at it and, and they're a little bit, maybe they heard something about the pandemic treaty, but I just go, no, 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 no. -uh. If you say the word treaty, I'm going to stop you. We're not talking about no treaty. Doesn't need to have two thirds of the Senate. These are amendments to existing regulations. If you don't want to look at them, here's another blue pill. Have a nice day. Okay. okay. I got, I, that, that I got phone right. calls. But I, let me finish the thought. Okay. I got phone calls, you know, backing up of people who are like, oh, this is crazy. What do I do? And people are working day and night to not argue with people and not try to convince people. You work with the willing. You share this, uh, you know, this podcast with everybody. If it's 1% or if it's 50% or 20 or 30 or 70%, whoever gets this, they get it and it's, it's over for them. They are... They are aware and they and it, it generally once you crack that egg, you can't put it back together. Okay, so and that's where my that's where my comment was headed because uh, we have we have said this before, you know, and this is like the another case of mass formation psychosis, right? And cognitive dissonance and all these other terms that we've been hearing right along. So what you're gonna do is like you say, you plant a little seed of information and knowledge on these people, and hopefully they'll take the initiative and go figure it out for themselves. And if they have any questions, well, they, you know, they can shoot some questions at us and we can answer them. But the whole point is, is that people, there are people that just won't wake up and those are the people we need to uh, no, just, no, kind, those just are, kind of go past, just go past. Exactly. Yeah. You, you work with the, here's where a lot of people get it wrong. Um, when there's a protest march, okay. Oh, you know, you're waving the signs and you're screaming, you got the bullhorn and you're yelling. Okay. Well, you know, how many times have you seen, I mean, I've witnessed a few times, where the protest actually, you know, gets the people to back down and they get their way. I mean, sometimes that happens. But what you're supposed to do at the protest meeting is get connected to all of the people who are there. People don't network at these protest meetings. It's like, hey, you know, give me your, give me your contact information. You know, I want, to, I want to stay in touch. I want to build this thing. I want to grow it. Okay. So I give my phone number out, 310-619-3055. When you call me, you know, I've connected people, you know, oh, you're in Louisiana. I got somebody else I know in Louisiana. Let me make an introduction. Okay. What people need to do is realize that the proper way starts with organizing and networking and working with the willing, not trying to convince people who are struggling. They're borderline homeless. You know, they're trying to pay the bills. I get it. If you're in a situation where you just can't handle anything more, I bless you. You know, how can I help you? What can I do for you? I can't expect you to do anything. 
but the first video on don'tyoudare.info is three minutes long. Don't you dare not watch that video. You got three minutes. Don't you dare.info, watch the three minute video. If you don't give a shit, that's okay, right? But if that three minute video and then all the other information gets you to go wait, then just tell somebody else to go to don't you dare.info, watch a freaking three minute video. It's actually two minutes and some seconds, okay? Now, if you're not willing or able to do that, have a nice day, okay? Not we gonna are- waste any time. Try to actually, you work yeah, with Jim, the willing, you work with the willing, you organize the people that want to work. Yeah, Jim, not to interrupt you, but we actually have an organization in New Hampshire that's that's already uh, been getting information from me. Uh, it's a uh, it, it's an it, it's a really good organization. I've actually had them on the show, and it's uh, it's basically the New Hampshire Freedom Movement. And New Hampshire is a little unique for the Northeast because even though you know all our senators live, are live free or die, yeah, live yeah, free or die, man. yeah, are, are uh, on the left. Uh, most of the people here are pretty hardcore conservative, so so we want to get that information out. And there's been a lot of sketchy stuff going on in uh, New Hampshire state government that these people are working against. And uh, and not that I'm a super big advocate of them, but uh, New Hampshire was also selected as one of the free state movement states. So so we have the we have those minded people here, which is a good start. So as soon as I can get this information out to them, I think they're going to take it and run with it also. Well- let me let me see what I can do to uh, uh, pretend to be Nostradamus, right, and predict the future. Um, I know. I know. I know what I'm going to be doing in the next week and week and a half. Okay, I'm going to be asking very pointed questions. Okay, think Socrates, right? You know the Socratic method, asking questions. Um, so, um, do you think this is treason? I do. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. The, po- the, the point is, it's a rhetorical question. Okay. It starts a conversation by asking questions, you drive the narrative. All right. I don't care, you know, necessarily if a person says, oh, you know, maybe it doesn't fit the technical legal definition of treason. Maybe it's just administrative malfeasance. Hey, I'll take administrative malfeasance. Right. They didn't follow the proper protocols, they didn't get authorization, they didn't um, talk to. It's a lose-lose situation. And here's my favorite one. Um, so, Secretary Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, I have a question for you. Um, did you authorize the negotiations for this, these amendments? He can't win. He can't. Yes or no, he's screwed. All right? Yes, you authorized these negotiations. So the treason goes all the way to the top. All right. Your answer is no, you didn't authorize these um, negotiations. So you've got a rogue band of people operating in your administration and I'm the one who had to tell you about it. Oh, you guys are really on top of shit, aren't you? What I'm working on this week are questions that make people think. I can't, I'm not gonna tell you what to think, but I will get you to think about this because once you start thinking about it, You've got more and more and more and more questions. Hey, wait a minute. Is this a treaty or is this an executive agreement or is this what's known as a congressional executive agreement? And everybody goes, what in the hell is that? Right? Well, what a congressional executive agreement is, is a really good question. Is that even a thing? You know, under our constitution, people think treaty, right? Two thirds of the Senate. Well, no, this is not a treaty. Don't say treaty. We're not talking about a treaty. 
Is it an executive agreement like Obama signing us into the uh, Paris Climate Accords or the Iran nuclear deal? And then the next president comes in, Trump says, no, thank you. And the next president comes in and says, yeah, we'll get back in. Um, no, we're talking about something very specific. And there's another rhetorical question. Did you guys talk to um, Richard Visick, who is the acting legal advisor in the office of the legal advisor to the secretary of state, whose office is responsible for shepherding the process of any international agreement from um, authorizing who negotiates it to authorizing who presents it? You know, did, did Lois Pace, was she duly authorized? Did she get a delegation of authority to authorize her to speak for the United States and sign her name over a stamp that is the mission to Geneva? And who the hell is the mission to Geneva? I've got a lot of questions. Inquiring minds want to know. And what I'm hoping people will do is, is a concept called force multiplier. You know, you've got a network, you know, you're activated, you've got however many people, right? Those hundred people. Well, hey, um, who do you know in the media, in the alternative media, because the mainstream's full of crap, but who do you know in the media or who do you know in these freedom and, and, and sovereignty organizations that has a mailing list of 10,000 people or 100,000 people or 50 people, right? Use your connections to multiply the force of this. This is, you know, I don't want to use a nuclear bomb, you know, explosion, but this is going to be like a mushroom cloud this week. This is going to be insane. Right? Well, I think really important too, how you say it, how, you know, to get people to come to their own conclusions yeah. because people that get in this cult-like behavior, and I think that that's what's going on, what we see, because, you know, I had this old host that I think would actually be very pro this whole thing going down, which is oh unfortunate. God, yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. It's it, And, you know, these people get in this little mindset and they think that they're virtuous for, you know, you know, being controlled by smaller and smaller groups of people. And if you get them to come to their own conclusions so that they don't feel like they've been led completely far off the path for years, then they feel like they did it themselves instead of feeling stupid. And um, you said so much there. I just wanted to kind of stay quiet. You know, I've been doing a lot of research on corporatocracy and talking about that a lot on my show. And there's a real fine line between corporatocracy and fascism. I'm not exactly sure where that line is because it, it seems like it's the same thing, essentially, right? Wherever that line is, you're in the wrong territory, okay? That's not what we're supposed to have. You know, wherever, you know, I hear you, you know, if it's 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, you know, whatever line it is you're talking about, you're in the wrong territory. That's the wrong damn question. That's not where we're supposed to be. Whatever happened to individual, entre I mean, you know, go back to the founding fathers, Nobody had jobs. Everybody yeah. was an entrepreneur. They're a farmer. They're a craftsman. They're a carpenter. You know, corporations were looked at as evil. It was like, you, you, why would you go? You know, job is just being a slave to a big corporation. It's just slavery by another name. Start your own business. Start your own podcast. You know, do whatever it is you want to do for your life. You know, maybe cooperate with some people, have a partnership, you know, do a little business, get a little bit bigger. But why in the world are we telling people to seek jobs? You know, going back to that time too, there was only three percent of people that that you know stood up against England, right, in the United States. And and you know, I think we're going to get more than three percent of America to look at this. And and you know, we don't need a hundred percent. Okay, it'll never be a hundred percent. So, not to quote um, Trudeau, okay, 
But there will be a fringe minority of people who think that giving up sovereignty to Tedros Ghebreyesus is a wonderfully good idea for humanity. And yeah. I bless you with your misguided beliefs. We can debate it and discuss it. And I will listen. And if, if you listen to those people, if, I mean, half the time I pick up my phone and I just hit mute because people just want to vent, okay? And if you listen, you might actually freaking learn something. Very rarely does anybody learn something when they're talking, right? When, when you listen, maybe something will come in. And so, you know, ask the, you know, use the Socratic method, ask the um, question, somebody's defending this. It's really simple. Oh, can you show me the section of the legal code that gives them the authority to do that? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Can you show me where they properly applied that authority and it's documented in the federal register? Okay. They got nothing. Right. And so then what they will do is they will try to attack whoever is bringing the message. Okay. Yeah. And once you see that, you know, you've won the battle because they got nothing on the facts and when people go to don'tyoudare.info, scroll down to evidence. I made it easy. There are little scrabble tiles spelling out the word evidence. Exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F, G, government documents. I'm just shining a light on facts. And you can interpret uh, and have an opinion about policy, but you don't get to have an opinion about documented fact. Sure. Okay. So bring it. You know, I'm, I'm ready. Bring it. You guys got nothing. You're trying to steal the sovereignty in, in the darkness of night. And, you know, what is enlightenment other than shining light on that which is trying to hide in the darkness? Okay. And so whenever somebody's trying to stifle information and hide it, you go, oh, they're using the power of darkness, right? Okay. Anybody's saying, look at this, look at this, look at this, you know, let me shine up. Well, that's enlightenment. I mean, at one point, it gets to be so easy and obvious to see through the bullshit. Are you trying to hide this or are you trying to bring it to light? Because you're either on the side of darkness or you're on the side of light. Which yeah. one do you prefer? You know, and, and, and you know, are, are you for treason or are you against treason? Okay. Are you for open discussion of ideas or do you want to hide all this? Oh, thank you very much. I'll, I'll log that in my databanks. Um, now I know who you are and what you're all about. Uh, let, let's go on to the next person. Yeah, Jim, you know, I think this following week is going to be a really busy one for all of us in the podcasting community, because once this show goes out, uh, we're going to urge people, you know, I've got a lot of listeners, Ryan has even more listeners than I do, and, uh, and uh, I, I, the people that listen to our shows are all like-minded, and they're going to jump right on this, so, uh, you know. I, I want to add, I want to add one thing, one of the first videos that I did, um, a friend of mine, David, um, hopefully we're going to do another one this, this coming week, he noticed in his analytics that, you know, it started off with his normal, um, you know, traffic, and then it went everywhere in the world, right? And because, you know, remember that this is a worldwide issue, okay? Um, I've gotten calls from Japan, you know, um, people, if you're from somewhere else, you know, call me on Signal or Telegram or, or um, I, I don't like WhatsApp, but I use it and Skype and whatever. Um, this will go nuts. All, I mean, we need it. We need it to go all around the world because there's 194 um, delegations, okay? Each country gets one vote, but they can send a large delegation. Uh, the United States sent 33 people last time. You know, it's a party, so let's go party, right? Yeah. And so 
one of the people told me that, you know, a lot of the delegates love to come to, they've been to this type of thing. They love to come to Geneva from some of the more, uh, I'm sorry, some of the less wealthy nations because they get to shop in Geneva. Okay. And it's like, you know, I, I, it's probably a beautiful town. I've never been to Geneva. I'm sure it's, you know, a wonderful place to be. It's going to be a few protesters there, I hope. Okay. So it might not be all fun for delegates to be walking around, you know, shopping when everybody wants to talk to them about how they're going to vote on this thing. But it's a worldwide thing. And so, you know, it, it comes down to, you may know somebody who knows somebody, you know, just to make the joke, oh, he's really big in India. Okay. Well, India really does not like Bill Gates at all. They do not like the WHO at all. They've had some serious problems. You pop this thing off into a network in India. Okay. You'll see traffic numbers like you've never seen before. And, and so, um, you know, don't think that this is just about the United States. We're the cause of this problem. And, and the United States people, you know, I'm getting a little chill down my spine just thinking about what I'm going to say. People around the world are, are looking at America going, you know, we need you we, because if you fall, the rest of the world is screwed. Okay. So the American people at this point in time, this week, they need to step it up. And I think this week is going to be glorious. This is going to be where everybody goes, oh, they're doing what? Oh, hell yeah. no. Oh, hell no. Sorry, but I did want to just mention, I know that you uh, mentioned it on only don't, not only don't you dare dot info and uh, stop the who dot com. com. Right. Um, so I know that you mentioned this on, on there. I know that those, uh, you know, redirecting, which is a good, it's a really great resource where, uh, who do people reach out to? Like, you know, let's just take the United States, for example. Um, and again, I encourage people to go check out your site. Um, but who do people reach out to? Their congressman, their representative? Step, step number one, okay, is if you go to either one of those web pages, okay, there's a link that says click here and it'll take you to um, pre prepared emails that you can just cut and paste and send to your congressperson. Gotcha. There's an image that is the exact same wording but you could stick it on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, any other um, social media because you can't put that many words in a tweet, but you can put an image in a tweet. Okay. There's, there's a long form email. And, and quite frankly, mostly it's just so people read that email and they know what the hell is going on, but you could cut and paste that and send it to, to various people. Um, Congress's email system, they have wised up a little bit. You can't send them links and you can't send them attachments. All right. Okay. And it's like, oh, so they don't, you know, we've had people say, oh, well, you know, we haven't seen any credible evidence about that. Well, it's like, well, yeah, we can't send you a link and we can't send you a document. You know, no wonder you haven't seen anything. You don't accept anything. So anyways, right. step wow. number one, step number one is, you know, I'm, I'm a loving, kind, heartfelt guy, right? It's like love on your, realize that the staff that you're going to be talking, you're not going to get your congressperson, you're not going to get your senator, unless you know you you know them you know, personally. You're going to get, there you go, you're going to get staff members who are your neighbors. So be kind and loving to those people and say, look, man, I've got some information and I want to share it with you so you can share it with my representative in Congress or the Senate. Love on them at the beginning. Go, hey, have you guys heard about this? Do you know about this? And if they go, no, what is it? Then you go, hey, you know, here's where all the information is. You've got to know about this. If they make the dumbass mistake of saying, oh, yeah, we know all about that. Oh, you do. Oh, so you're pro-treason because I haven't heard you come out against it. Are you? 
Got yeah, si- silence is consent. So you went, you know, back to Watergate. Well, what did you know and when did you know it? Okay. Oh, so you do know about this treasonous plot against the United States and every other country in the world, and you're remaining silent. You know there's an election in November, don't you? Okay. You're going you're gonna to step up. You're going to uh, obey your oath or honor your oath to defend the Constitution against enemies, domestic and foreign. Or are you just going to, you know, I'll say it on your podcast. What are you going to just be a pussy and let this all go by and not say a word? You know, you're my public servant. I demand that you do your job and obey your oath of office. We're not asking people to beg their congressperson or senator to do something. Realize where the power rests. They work for you. You pay their salary. They are your public servant. They have sworn an oath of office to defend the Constitution. Get it straight in your head. Be nice at the beginning and offer them information that they need to have because maybe they don't know. But if they are dumb enough to admit that they know, then, you know, bring it. Because if they know, you're the boss of them and start behaving that way. And once Americans, and I know a lot of Americans are already there, but once when you're dealing with your government representatives and you realize that they work for you, you don't have to beg them for nothing. Right. And if they're in your way, then steamroll over them and, and, you know, reach out. You know, the next thing is, you know, contact alternative media, contact anybody who's got an audience. Um, This is just going to go thermonuclear this week because people are going to tell people. And then some of that is going to hit a force multiplier. You know, you know, I don't know Kylie Jenner. She's got 10 million Instagram fans. You know, if Kylie Jenner says something like, what's up with these amendments? Right. You know, now I'm not saying we're going to rely on her. What I'm saying is if you realize that the numbers game, the mainstream media has got nothing. Nobody's watching mainstream media. Forget about it. Okay. They're just going to try to hide this. And you know, you know, the thing, you know, first they hide it, then they, you know, um, try to attack you and, and then they just get overwhelmed. So at the moment, you know, no word whatsoever. They're hiding it. Okay alternative media podcasts, you know, uh, people have YouTube and other, you know, BitChute and Rumble and, uh, you know, everything else. Um, Tell the people who have an audience to get up off their ass and get in gear with this. And and once the alternative media shares this, um, the explosion is going to be enormous. And, uh, you know, I see this as the great awakening and I see we got five minutes left. So let's wrap it up and tell people to get to work spreading the word. Yeah, Jim, you know, I think uh, these congressmen and senators in the United States need to remember who they work for. They're supposed to just just the word uh, uh, representative dictates that it's uh, yeah, you represent the people of your district. You need to start doing that. So we need to get on their case. I want you to give us uh, give us your information. Also, uh, Jim, if you could email me all your uh, links and everything like that, I'd like to put all that stuff in the show notes. I have most of them now, but. If there's anything I'm missing, I'll actually just reach out to you on that. But uh, but yeah, give us all your information. We're going to get it out there so that the uh, the rest of the people can join the fight. The the route where all my information is because I got booted off all my other websites earlier this year is Substack S U B S T A C K. So if you go to jamesrogusky.substack.com, J A M E S R O G U S K I dot Substack.com. You'll find everything. I think I've got 13 articles just on this topic so far. Um, 
there's a lot of information, you know, knowledge is power. You know, I'm not telling anybody what they should think. I'm just giving them information to think about. Okay. And so the simple websites that go to the two um, most important articles are don't you dare, no apostrophe, that doesn't work. Don't you dare.info, which gets you to the evidence and stop the WHO, which gets you to the activist toolbox, which is all of the stuff that you can use to spread the word. And we'll definitely get that information out there. And, and also, you do you have a telegram? Um, you can reach me on telegram, WhatsApp. It's all the same phone number. You got to put a one plus maybe in front of it. Uh, 310-619-3055. Um, WhatsApp, telegram, signal is probably best. Uh, and Skype is just james.roguski, all lowercase. Okay, yeah, we'll get, all, we'll get all that information in the show notes. Ryan, do you have any uh, last questions before we wrap up? No, that was it. I really appreciate your time and uh, just the work because I think that this is important. And hopefully, um, like I said, I feel actually genuinely bad for the people that don't kind of see eye to eye with us, with us on this, where, you know, this is tyranny. This is something really serious. Um, but, you know, like you said, we can't really put too much effort into them. Let's just focus on the folks that, that are actually on our side with this. And maybe we can actually do something good here altogether, yeah. you know? No, I mean, worldwide, you know, people are still that they realize that if America goes down, you know, the world is screwed. And so people are looking to Americans to step up. So World War III isn't going to be won based on the Second Amendment and shooting to protect yourself. It's a head game. It's a psyop. World War III, we've been fighting it for decades now. People just didn't realize, okay? It's a spiritual war between good and evil, and, and it's a head game. It's a, you, you got to be mentally and emotionally and, and, and you know, logically strong and, and, and aware. And if you're not, you're going to get destroyed by the propaganda. And that's what's been happening. You can see it. This, though, is something that can poke, you know, it, Toto and the Wizard of Oz pulling back the curtain and you go, oh, man, this whole thing isn't what I thought it was. These people are evil. Wizard of Oz wasn't necessarily evil, but, um, you know, uh, click your heels together, go back to Kansas and wake up from the dream. You know, Dorothy had the power the whole damn time. You're, you're sovereign. You're free. You know, you don't need to ask permission to have the rights that you have by birth. And when you wake up to that, you realize that your public servants have been failing to serve you. They've been serving some other masters. And once all you got to do is go, nah, I ain't putting up with that shit no more. Yeah. Um, America, Americans, American people can rise up again. I think this can unite people. I don't care if you're black, white, whatever color. I don't care what gender. I don't care what pronoun you use. I don't care about any of that. Okay. You think we should be in control of our destiny or you think that guy in Geneva should have all the power. Come on. Yeah. And, and, at that, and at that, I think we'll wrap it up, Jim. I, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. We're running short on time here. Uh, I'm going to reach out to you in a few days, stay in touch with you this week, and uh, maybe we can get you to come back on for a quick segment towards the end of the week. If you're up for that. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, this is going to be one hell of a hell of a ride the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jim Raguski, for joining us on uh, the Wicked Planet. Uh, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.